And welcome to the Free Range Buffalo. Break free from the herd. On today's episode, we're picking up on the Shoulders of Giants series, where we take a look at some of the masters of the English language, where they've inspired us, consoled us, and gave some way to articulate the best parts of ourselves. Joining me today is my good friend and partner, Michael Morris. Hey, Mike. Hey, Bryce. So, yeah, today I'm actually, uh, well, I say this every time we do the uh, Shoulders of Giants series. I think it's, it's, it is a bit of a pet passion of mine, but I am excited about today. I've been waiting to do this one uh, since we uh, came up with a concept. Uh, and it's Abraham Lincoln. And it was a tricky one for me to wrap my head around how we were going to do it. Um, so as we, I think we all just would know, there are no audio recordings of Abraham Lincoln. Um, but, uh, back in the 1950s when, uh, Walt Disney was putting together his, uh, world's fair, um, they did a, uh, a big thing on, uh, on their, um, presidents. And f- so actually what they, uh, what they actually did is they put animatronics to Abraham Lincoln and they gave voice to one of his speeches. So I've pulled out a clip uh, from that uh, Disneyland presentation. So this is not Abraham Lincoln. It's an imagining of what he might have sounded like um, from one of his speeches. And I want to have us take a listen and see how, not just from what what it meant to him when he would have said it uh, back in the 1860s, but actually um, what it meant, what, what it can mean to us today. All right, without any further ado. never had a, a good definition of the word liberty. And the American people just now are, are much in want of one. We all declare for liberty. But in using the same word, we do not all mean the same thing. What constitutes the bulwark of our liberty and independence? It is not our frowning battlements, our bristling sea coasts. These are not our reliance against tyranny. Our reliance is in the love of liberty, which God has planted in our bosom. Our defense is in the preservation of the spirit which prizes liberty as the heritage of all men, in all lands, everywhere. Destroy this spirit, and you have planted the seeds of despotism around your own doors. At what point? Shall we expect the approach of danger? By what means? And there you have it. Abraham Lincoln, brought to life by the magic of Walt Disney and his animatronics. You could tell that uh, that was a classic Disney music in the background there, huh? <laughs> well, you know, it's... Uh, 
not every time when you give a speech are, are you recorded the fact that you, you know they give you dramatic music i th- i i wish every time i spoke i could put on some uh you know some symphonic music in the background to give it some real gravitas um that does add yeah i it. mean that could be that could be an app during uh during quarantine that, uh, <laughs> someone comes up well that's right so but all, but all that stagecraft aside you know let's uh, let's pull that apart a bit and just just have a little talk because it it's powerful it's you know really deep ideas that he's that he's, he's really hitting on you know and so here's abraham lincoln talking about during the period of the american civil war was this nation not even a hundred years old um that was such an experiment about the empowerment of the individual to choose their own best destiny you know with with the high rhetoric of their um, independence with their constitution, all of their amendments and the Bill of Rights. And here they were, you know, 90, 90 some years later, ripping each other apart. And here's, here's their president trying to f- come up with and talking to the Americans, American people about their, their understanding of liberty. And, you know, he opens a speech talking about how liberty might it, that, that doesn't always mean the same to everything else. So there's all this lack of definition. And I, when I listen to the speech, he doesn't really hit on what it is, and it, which maybe it's a, maybe that's on purpose because it still leaves it open to everyone to fill in the blank of it. But I'll do my best of how I understand liberty, and Mike, I'll I'll, I'll ask you to kind of see if that resonates with you. But how I understand liberty is the it's freedom balanced with responsibility. Whereas you, freedom is this almost an, you know, anarchy where, you, where you're free to do whatever you want. You have this, um, you have without bounds. It's truly what freedom really is. When, when people say freedom, that's you know, what, what really is trying to evoke, you know, like free as a bird. But liberty says part of that same equation for humans to live and thrive, you need to be in liberty, not freedom. And that's to be coupled with responsibility, responsibility to your fellow man, responsibility to your family, responsibility uh, to your, to your society, to your community that you belong to. And it's only when you live in liberty that you get it, that all your freedoms that you have, they can only exist with that responsibility because if you don't accept those responsibilities, your freedom then depends upon someone else's um, largesse, someone else's generosity, someone else's work, where someone else's defense, and that, that then, and as a matter of fact, then you're not really free. You're actually a future servant because then you're living that it can be taken away from you. So that actually, that, that that's why I always think that the liberty is part of. A two-sided coin: freedom and responsibility. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd love to get your, your initial thoughts on that. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I have to agree. I think that's a pretty pretty good definition of it. Uh, liberty, free to make choices within within society. I guess. Um, I don't know if I can define it much better than than that. You should be able to the freedom to make your choices, provided they're not encroaching on uh, on the rights of your fellow 
person. Yeah, which which in 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 that broad context concert that I put together, that's a responsibility you have to your to your fellow uh, citizens, your 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 fellow uh, people who 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 live in your society. Your responsibility to them is not to infringe upon their ability to make their own choices. Exactly, and then I think um, there's a Hayek, Hayek described uh, liberty as uh, freedom from coercion and mm. uh, specific coercion of the state. So, ah, um, I think that's not a bad bad definition either. Yeah, so so that's so that's flipping it out from the individual viewpoint, which I've which I've put forward, and he and he's stating it from a external point of view that freedom from coercion from the state, which is more of a like formally free, which is quite interesting. Um, but then he was talking about what, what actually is the, the, the defense of liberty. And I think this would apply to both definitions is it's not the battle. It's not the frowning battlements upon our shores. You know, it's not, it's not the guns. It's not the, it's not, it's not this, these, these weapons and defenses that you've put around your borders that are that, that defend your liberty. You know, what Lincoln said is that the best and only true defense of liberty is to foster that sense of liberty within your heart and within the hearts of those around you, within your own smaller community. And, 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 and if you don't have that spirit of liberty fostered within you, that, you know, this, this, deep abided abiding sense of what it is to be free, you know, like that New Hampshire license plate, live free or die, you know, like, like <laughs> whether how many of those New Hampshireites still understand what that means, like that's deeply imprinted upon that as a, as a you know, historically upon that community. And um, I can't, you know, that, that really speaks, I think to me, you know, you and I, we've talked several times about how, um, our society is one based on the pursuit of comfort, of ease, of efficiency, of, of convenience, right? Yeah, we, we've, uh, we've spoke about that before. I think, I think yeah, uh, liberty is, is freedom to live the way uh, you want to live, but the responsibility to uh, also keep society in mind. And I think, um, I think what we're going through right now is a good example of, uh, of a time that, that that can be displayed. So uh, we're being asked uh, by by the the government, by the leaders, to stay indoors, and and we've been given very clear instructions, uh, ones that everybody should be able to abide by, mm-hmm. and um, and they and they've made it very clear um, how to do so, and, and reassured people that might have other concerns um, that that they will be taken care of in in this event. Uh, and so now that they are suggesting that there's a rampant non-compliance, which I'm not sure uh, is the case. In fact, I would say that it's it's far from the truth. Um, and and using that as a foil um, to uh, to examine the the loss of civil civil liberties. Mm. Uh, um, having the government know our location data on our phone and uh, and uh, very very draconian taxation measures—it's uh, it's borders on tyrannical—and to use a tragedy or a pandemic or, or a chaotic situation uh, with which 
your, your society and all of humanity is suffering from to, uh, as an excuse, as a reason to, uh, to encroach on civil liberties mm. is, uh, is wrong. And I think I, I might have jumped the shark there, Bryce, in terms of examining what liberty is. Um, but I certainly know it's, it's not that. No, uh, I always love a good uh, Happy Days Fonzie jumping the shark reference. I think that's one. Um, but to be fair, Mike, I don't think that's jumping the shark at all. I think, I think this is something we need to be taking a look. I think this is what makes you know. I was I've been I've been looking at Lincoln for a long time, but this is exactly why we need to be looking at it. Is to that point you're you're bringing up if we don't have liberty in our hearts within our community we're just going to surrender all of our civil liberties without a shot fired without protest um you know i you know bringing it into the context of the fact that we're sitting currently uh you know here we are and well, we're currently not allowed to gather and protest well uh, in, it, yeah i in mean the name of, yeah. of what is good for the society and i'm happy to do that provided sure. they don't put a ridiculous bill in in that time well and that so in in the context of what we're speaking of what's being currently discussed is the imposition of the Emer- national emergency act which is the um dis- the descendant of the war measures act which is, allows the federal government an enormous amount of powers to suspend civil liberties um uh, allows for um it empowers the prime minister in his cabinet or even just the, his privy council and just all the powers of the state go directly to the prime minister to enact a huge amount of um, power over the economy, over uh, assembly, on national uh, deployment of resources, uh, protests, taxation. Um, the, the one that struck me about, you know, talking about timeliness is the uh, proposal for the government of Canada in their uh, bill that they're going to run through right away uh, is to not have to come back to parliament to raise taxes or for procurement of funds well into 2021. Um, The only real power that parliament has, if you were, and I think this, this speaks to the historic ignorance of our leadership. Now, not everyone's interested in history, and I, I, I don't mind that, but if you want to be a leader of the country, you better be, open your eyes and take a look about what's really going on, um, what's gone on before you so you can make decisions without understanding what, what the impact is. And the parliament cannot lay down its fiduciary, its financial responsibility for the expedient, for the art of the expedient. Um we're not at war. We're dealing with a pandemic. It's never been dealt with in in three generations. But to surrender our civil liberties within weeks of, of it happening, I think, um, is a massive red flag. And I, I don't think you're jumping the shark at all. But back to your point there, Mike, I, I I'm deeply concerned. And I think, as we should be, I think another thing that that is in that bill is that Parliament has the right to take hold of shares or take ownership of shares in publicly traded companies, which that's crazy changes the complete mechanism of uh, well, uh, let alone the invisible hand, but public markets. It is it's no longer that uh, the minute that happens without. Um, 
So, so we're, we're, we're changing our fundamental way we've set up our economy, the, the commitment to, the, to free capitalism and going right back to nationalization, which there can be logical reasons for doing that. However, without even what you're, the preemptive assault to remove any oversight over these uh, actions that have unknown, could have grievous effects and you could this could turn into an exercise of lining pockets without financial oversight. It can turn into a piggy bank where the people, because they're just people could have a massive amount of corruption without the right oversight to ensure that people are lining their pockets. Like very, very quickly. Very quickly. What else concerns me is, is the rapidity with which they're suggesting this needs to be punched through after weeks of dragging their feet and making decisions on the best course of action. Yeah. Uh, and prior to that, dragging their feet on seemingly all other policy measures. Uh, now uh, they've realized the urgency with which leadership is made. And uh, surprise, surprise, the, the rush legislation they've drafted severely encroaches on on everything in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that his father worked so hard to uh, to establish, and mm. and he is tearing that down. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a, there's a huge amount of questions that, that you have. The minute that you're taking the, these actions, like even the right to property, you know, one of the, the, the quintessential uh, English common law um, f- right that was fought for for hundreds of years um, th- to which our system is a dis- direct descendant of, um, that, that that can be overridden at a pen stroke um, by going into the Emergencies Act. Uh, the reason why we have these, the Emergency Act, which is it, it makes the Prime Minister more powerful than any other um, leader in the free world, um, in an office that is already uh, has very few checks on it. Like the, the President of the United States would dream about being as powerful as the PM. I mean, in its relative state, because Canada is obviously not, doesn't have the same resource levels as the America. But uh, as far as from a legislative and exec- executive, he doesn't have to put up with anything. He doesn't have a Congress. Doesn't have, like even the Supreme Court Emergencies Act will, can't stop, can't stop that. Um, it's it is hugely worrying. I, I like having that as a as a safety gap in case there's you know a real like we we have to go to war. We need like time for discussion is over where we're in when you're actually in survival mode okay i mean and that's not to say that that can't happen here i mean we could have a complete market meltdown in weeks where the whole thing bank runs happen there's a there's a huge shortage of capital the food system seizes out the whole the whole shooting match collapses and you and i are having a different conversation then then they need to have emergencies act because we need to we're in survival mode but yeah, of course, but but until then, let's let's not rush uh, rush any anything such as that. Exactly, anything so extreme, after, especially after weeks of inaction. I mean, to go from from nothing to to this, it's it's ridiculous, and people should see it for what it is, which is a power grab, mm. and uh, we shouldn't let fear conquer our our thoughts to be rational mm. and and fear to overcome what could be long-term uh detrimental to us as citizens and the country as a whole 
and it's deeply, deeply concerning. And I wish at this time we had leaders like Lincoln and not our current uh, selection. Yeah. Oh, oh. I, I wish everyone would just listen a little bit, you know, Lincoln. And, and Lincoln got it from one of the founding fathers, um, one of those uh, quotes um, that you reminded me of um, before we kicked this off. Those who give up liberty for security deserve neither. Benjamin Franklin. Right, yeah. We, I mean, we need, we, we need to broadcast that from a megaphone from on top of a building and just say, this, if you want to sacrifice you know, some security, then if you want to sacrifice your liberty for security, you don't deserve it. You don't get it. You don't understand. And that's what Lincoln was talking about. He says, you have to have liberty in your heart. You have to know what it is. Otherwise, you'll give it up too cheaply. And you'll give it up with applause. You'll give it up with cheers just for the sake of someone telling you it'll be all right. And Well, and unfortunately, having never been faced this uh, for pretty much anyone, uh, a societal challenge like yeah. this, it's it becomes that much easier to to look to authority in in this time, yeah. uh, which is what we've done in the past. But we've never had to to question that, and and so it becomes very easy to uh, to not question it now, and and to just uh, to just give up our rights without thinking about the implications behind doing so. Yeah. Well, and uh, I guess I'll I'll be quite selfish tonight, and I'll I'll take the last word and. Um... You know, as someone as a, as a veteran of our own Canadian Armed Forces, who's uh, fought for and defended the concepts of our our liberty, uh, which I take extremely seriously, I think anyone who wants to deploy the military domestically doesn't understand what the military is for. It's for fighting enemies' exterior, external threats. Your police and your um, courts are there to protect and serve the population, and it's a very important distinction. You start deploying troops, you just and you start declaring martial law, and you start doing those things. That's the last gasp, because once they deploy, it has a whole bunch of laws of unintended consequences. Soldiers are not police; they're not trained that way. And as as a, as a veteran, as a retired soldier, I would be very uncomfortable having troops in the street, unless it was a legitimate emergency. And we needed to, uh, and, and we had a complete breakdown of uh, civil order. And we're not there yet. So, on that very happy note, ladies and gentlemen, put liberty in your hearts. Good night, everyone. From all of us here at the Free Range Buffalo, roam free. Please like and subscribe. And if you have any comments about what you heard tonight or what you want to hear later, email us. Look us up on freerangebuffalo.ca.